got to get myself settled. Range dialed in, shift gears, yeah. Flip hats. Amen. Had another worship, youth worship night last night. Yeah, so pleased with Tom and Jesse as they're leading the youth and doing whatever. Yeah, it's real, really good. Everything, everything I would hope for. It's the perfect seed and beginning, and um, I'm just so, so, so pleased. Okay. I have, um, boy, I'm so, I'm just excited about the uh, path I'm on right now. Um, And it's just been, I I love it when I get direction. um, And I hate it when I don't have that direction. But when I, when I, I get something and then it's, uh, then it starts growing and unraveling and, and um, opening up. That's, that is the absolute best. Um, I feel quite lost when that's not going on, so that is my preoccupation to find, find where, where the fresh oil is again and find that and find where the Lord wants me to, to go in. And so if you remember, I, I began, uh, latched on to this passage in Deuteronomy 30 where the Lord uh, talks to his people and he very passionately says that to them, choose this day. And he's been delivering them and saving them and bringing them back and they've been turning and back and forth and back and forth. And he, he comes to this place in Deuteronomy and he, he really spells out some things like, and says, it's, this isn't hard for you to figure out. This is Old Testament. He's like, this isn't hard for you to figure out. You don't have to send somebody to heaven to get direction about this. Love me, believe in me, follow my commands. And I'm offering to you absolute for that life of blessing, life of protection, like uh, life of provision, you won't lack for anything. It's, it's, it's the man that is marrying, proposing to a woman and saying, marry me, I will, I will take care of you. You will not lack for anything. Stay faithful to me and I will love you. I will take care of you. You will, you will not lack anything. It's the best deal you can find. And that was the, the thing that God, and he offers that to us. And then he, he upped it. He even gave us an upgrade, a walk with God, uh, you know, 3.0 or whatever. You know, it's, like, it's an upgrade of grace, the enablement to keep our part, which is relatively simple, all things considered. To believe, to love him. And if you fail, you ask for forgiveness. Is that actually that hard? Just keep your relationship fresh. It's the the basics of every natural relationship in your life. Keep the relationship fresh. Can you be perfect in every relationship, any relationship in your life? No. But if you have a good, healthy relationship with another person, you can always upgrade, ask for forgiveness, talk through things, and get back Keep that relationship, what? Fresh and up to date. 
Even a relationship that grows cold is in danger, right? No violations have to be uh, you know, filled or participated in for, for the relationship to wane because a relationship has to be kept alive. It's a, it's a house plant, man. It's, a, it's something that needs watered and nurtured and washed over. And it's not that difficult. It just takes some attention. You cannot neglect these things. You can't violate. And that's all the Lord's asking for us. That's all he was asking for uh, Israel. And, and he says these words today. Choose life and choose blessing. It, it's a life and death choice. And he clearly said that. It's a life and it's a blessing or cursing. You choose. Funny as it is, Kurt, one of the things that I had a revelation about this week was uh, no looking back. And it's a very sense that, and I want to share this out of real care, carefulness, wisdom, and uh, I'll I'll relate a little bit how I came to it. I, I have, as I've been sharing this word, it's a really neat thing that's happened I share as I've been sharing the last few weeks, and I'm encouraging you choose life and choose this because when you choose life and choose blessing, I'm living in this thing where I'm watching this take place. Provision is being prepared for you so that by the time you get there, it's it's already there. And I had taught the first week, and then the next day I was over at uh, Kevin and Jenna's house where a contractor was working, and I just happened to be there for a short period of time, and the contractor came, and he's like, it's so, I, he apologized for saying, I, I actually asked the Lord to help me. I'm like, oh my God, I asked the Lord to help me all the time. I mean, you know, that's normal everyday stuff. Like, don't apologize for that. He's a Christian. He goes, but... You don't know what a blessing it is that you're here. And I just lit up because I went, oh. I had a revelation. It's like I was living in this. I preached this. The Lord wants to, and you choose life, and, and, and it starts to manifest in front of you. And add to that the concept of quantum physics, and you're, you're like, you're into this pretty good. Like, wow. It matters that you believe. It matters that you choose. And much of my life I've re. I've been negligent to believe that. I didn't want to live like that. Shame on me. I'm like, it should just come. It should just come. Where does that kind of thinking even come from? I don't know, but I had a bad case of it. And, and, and I'm like, no, it matters that you believe. All of creation responds to how you're carrying yourself and managing yourself and where your faith level is. Are you living in faith? Are you living in fear? And you begin to see good things and see, meditate on the promises of the Lord. Look at yourself through his eyes instead of your own. I don't know about you, but that that just has not worked out well for me to look at myself through my own eyes. Very depressing. That is, in my opinion, that's the definition of depression. Looking at yourself without the Lord's grace. I don't even recommend it, you know. Maybe we should take the silly mirrors out of our house. I'm reading a book right now, and the the amount of time we spend on self-consciousness is like most of every minute. Most of every minute. 
we have the hardest time getting out of self-consciousness. And is it really that fun anyways, just being conscious of yourself? You don't live well when you're just conscious of yourself. You live much better when you're conscious of, of something you're going towards, something you're going. And so as I've been sharing this, I've been feeling just the oil on this to encourage you to rise up to this level, this believing, like really believe, really enter into blessing and understand the Lord's offered it to you. And when you do, things start changing. And I would keep looking at these doors. I have this visual just etched in my mind of these two doors with the two windows, the two lights. And there's this concept that he's preparing a table for me in the presence of right outside of those doors. I can't see anything through, the, through those lights. I just can see light. I can't really tell what's going on in the foyer, but it's a, it's a place that it's ahead. It's forward. I'm, and when I, as I believe here, as I get to the, not far away, as I get to the doors and open them, there's provision for what I need there. I'm living in that. It's, it's happening all around me. The Lord's real, Spirit's really confirming. Sometimes the door's a little further away than others times. But you have to understand, my early Christianity for many, many years was the promises that are in heaven on the other side. This The whole church, we were always singing songs about what? The, the hereafter, the sweet by and by. That's all good. But I need that right now. And I'm a fool if I say I don't. I'm all right. I can do without those blessings till I get to heaven. Really? How about this? I can do without spiritual gifts. I don't really need them on this earth. Oh, oh I beg your pardon. You desperately need the spiritual gifts. They were given not to be taken away so life could be more difficult. That's not God. He gave them and they're still here. Shame on you if you've forsaken them. It's your own fault. Stir up the gift in you. Are you. Have you stirred up the gift in you lately? Have you cranked it up? Have you done what stirs that up? I know it matters what I watch, what I listen to. I listen to I'm in a good teaching, especially somebody prophetic. Pretty soon I'm praying in the spirit. I mean, it's affecting me. I'm not even trying to be affected. And then there's other things I do that I just start flattening out. I start flat, I flat line, right? Anybody else have that issue with the flat line? The heart monitor kind of stops beeping. You know, if somebody would check your pulse, like, hey, hey, dude, you're dead, man. What's going on? Your countenance faults. The Lord warned Cain, like, be careful. Why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? If you engage in life, your countenance will be lifted up. This is why we have these promises, this word. And this affects us. And when I get away from it, I flatline. When I get back to it, not legalistically, but looking for life, looking, drink from it, you know, like really. And I get myself separated and, start, and, start, and life starts, it starts, it starts, it starts coming, it starts getting. But if I allow myself to get busy with life, busy with stuff, too busy, running too much, too exhausted. It affects me. So when I live in faith, I start looking at that, and I'm like, provisions right out there. Blessings out there. What I need is manifesting. All creations is watching me. 
and my world, the world around me starts responding, my body starts responding. Now, the opposite is also true. Your body also responds to your... You know, there's that list of things that are... They're not even necessarily sin. They probably should be listed that way. But living in condemnation, no prize for that. Living in regret or remorse, no, no prize or reward for that. Living in offense, some people major in that. Living in being a victim... Living and being angry, that'll give you a disease as fast as anything I know of. Your body responds to that. You don't get away with it. It's not okay. You find a bitter person, pray for them double. They don't need, they don't need any contamination from viruses or, or anything else. They're bringing it on. I have experienced it. I have a lot of experience with crashing, so I'm very good at it. I got all the t-shirts. I get down. I get that into that feeling. I don't, really don't like to talk about it, but I'm, I'm going to just enough to say, I, I got this t-shirt. I know this. And I get into that low-level, hopeless feeling and I start trying to do things. I've been driving on the road and I've had things start happening to me out on the road, like big rocks hitting my windshield stuff. And I go, I know that I know it's because of the realm I'm in. I know that. And it's like, I just, I'm like, whoa, I got to pull up right now. I cannot afford to be in this mode, in this hopelessness, in this defeat, in this whatever it is. Once that begins, you're in trouble. You know what I learned in, in my reading this week? You know one of the, some of the things that, that break that? Laughing and singing. Yep. And it changes how your body's responding to that. Because it'll make you sick. It'll bring, it'll start, it starts attracting, you want to attract junk? You know, it's, it's that thing. What attracts flies, you know? The poo-poo platter, right? <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to attract flies. They look for dead things. They're all over the dead deer along the road, right? I don't want to attract that. Do you know? Just step up. It's not difficult. Just make this change. With all of your heart, choose life. And as early as I can in the morning, as I wake up, I choose life, choose living. And I had an episode this week that, wow, it's like, I, I want to be careful how much, how much I share just because it's not... It's not beneficial yet. It would be if I can just relate briefly. There, when it comes to anything in my, in my past, 
it's not that I've been hurt by my past. It's not that I've been even rejected much. Like, it's not those kind of things. But it has a lot of power because I have a lot of condemnation about almost everything in my, in my past, in my life. I'll, people ask me, oh, yeah, hey, your family, your, your high school reunion, why don't you go back? I'm like, I'd die first. I, I will not go back. Now, was I, no. I was actually popular. I had awards in band and choir and acting. People would stop me in the street like, wow, it was a great song. It was a good performance. Da, da, da. I wasn't lacking for that. But my memory of it or college or almost anything, and especially in the since the ministry started, I have all of this regret and feeling of failing. And once that gets sparked up, I start fall. I lose altitude fast. And no one can help me with, no one can encourage me. It's like, oh no, Rick, it wasn't that bad. It's like, that's not, that's not what I need. This thing gets started, it's bigger than what anybody can fix. Only Jesus can, and I know the answer. Only I, I was, it happened again, and I'm like, wow, this is crazy. Like, I'm struggling, I shouldn't be. And this thing, build, 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 and bam, wham. And I find myself in this, and I'm like, I can't believe this is here again. I don't know how to remedy it, and it has to do with looking back. So we're going we're gonna to talk about that, but not, I'm not taking anything away from what Kurt said. Because when in the Lord you go back, it's, it, his, everything he's done for us is back. His work is finished. So there's even encouragement, exhortation to go back to what he has done for us. Or if by the grace of God, Jesus takes you back to, an, in the spirit, goes back, uh, Mary's been a big part of a ministry that takes you go back. You see the Lord healing you. He goes with you. That's a whole different deal because he'll change. He will truly change that experience. But I don't encourage going back without him. Now, I, my wife's family is in mourning over their mother. Like it was really, it's really emotional for them. I'm not going to say to them, "Hey, don't think back of anything." Like that's. But it depends on how you go back and what you think of and what you, what you decide about it. It's kind of dangerous. I, I'm, I always have power tools I'm work, I like to work with. I have my power tools, you know. And I, I learn things about some of them will bite. Some of them are very dangerous, you know. And uh, I, I have this a couple really nice saws, you know. And... and and, and when I, I have found it's a little smaller, my hands are small, I'm not real strong, so I like smaller things. And I have this awesome cordless, you know, saw. And it's very safe, and I can, you know, just use it, like, you know, I use it a lot. One thing I've learned, and I tell myself this when I do not back up. I'll be cut. I'm like, do not back up. You want to get off the line, you want to back up a little bit, that's when things go bad. So I tell myself, don't back, whatever you do, don't go back. Stop, shut it off, you know, stop running, but do not back up with that thing running. That saw that's like perfectly good at going forward does not go backward well. 
I'll say the same thing about you. Be careful about going back. Be careful about how you look back, how you return to, to memories. Because if you have condemnation, if it opens up these things, and Jesus said, you, after you put your hand to the plow, as a matter of fact, let's look at this passage. In, uh, it's, um, I mean, the only thing to go back was is what the Lord has, his glorious works in um, Luke chapter 9. Let's go there since I'm already majoring on this. Um, because when I was working this through, I went into my study and I said, I'm like, I've got to, I've got to find answers for this. And um, I started writing out words, things to just look up and start meditating on scriptures that were about this subject, that subject. And all of a sudden, this, this thing about don't look back came to me. And so I started looking up verses for that. And, and again, that the thing lifted that was on me as I meditated and looked at that. So just, just getting the word, just reading the word about it was, was huge. So in verse 59, let's look at this uh, 959, if I can concentrate long enough to get there. That would be, um, and we are here. Uh, Jesus then turned to another and said, come be my disciple. He replied, someday I will, Lord, but allow me first to fulfill my duty as a good son and wait until my father passed away. So these are tough things, especially if you're close to your family. We're, we're kind of almost used to separation in our culture, in American culture. But when you find uh, whole nations where family is very important, very big, and in many other nations, we've become, we're independent even of our family long way back. So we have really good families here, but that's not the norm. You all know that, don't you? <laughs> families are a mess. A lot of brokenness, a lot of stuff. And we know the enemy loves to attack he said, someday, Lord, but allow me first to go, you know, uh, as, as a good son and wait until my father passed away. And Jesus told him, don't wait for your father's burial. Let those who are already dead wait for, wait for the dead. But as you go, go and proclaim everywhere that God's kingdom has arrived. So it, it's tough. Like, be a good son. Be, I, I would actually always recommend you to do that. Like, that's, that's neat. And yet, in this, in this thing, in this moment, there, there's something here. Jesus is like, I, I'm here for this moment in history. And I'm calling you to the ministry. So what we may think, oh, it's no big deal. Just pack up and leave. Who needs to say goodbye? But for them, it was really hard. He was asking them to do something that was super, super hard to do. It's easy if you're mad, then yeah, you can slam the door, jump to the cars, peel out and run down the road, you know? I've had it, da-da-da, you know, that thing. But that wasn't the issue. I know you love your family. You're a faithful son. I'm asking you to come and follow me. It's like, oh, I'll, give, me, give me a minute. Let me say goodbye first, you know, at least. 
In verse uh, 61, still another said to him, Lord, I want to follow you too, but first let me go home and say goodbye to my entire family. Jesus responded, why do you keep looking backward to your past and have second thoughts about following me? When you turn back, you are useless to the God's kingdom uh, realm, or you're not worthy of the kingdom. Like, we all know this verse. We know this scripture. So I'm meditating on this, and I, I identified what was getting to me so bad, what was pulling me down so bad. It had to do with going back and evaluating, and I have this um, bad, this, this thing that's laid in my heart and mind, and there, there's this sense of total failure about all kinds of things. You, it, it's not that you would relate to it, it's just, that's, I have this. And, and it just, it, it affects me terribly. And I hear the Lord saying, don't stop looking back. Stop looking back like that, evaluating your life and looking at the failures and looking at what you weren't. It's funny. You, if you look, you probably wouldn't see what I feel. But what I feel is, you know, it's like it's a nasty stronghold. I, it, there's a lot of things, good things I, I haven't been able to do in my life because it activates this thing. It makes me feel like a failure. I mean, l look at me. I couldn't go to Christian conferences or prophetic conferences without getting so depressed I wanted to jump off a bridge. I mean, it's just crazy because this thing's there and this comparison thing, and instead of just receiving and getting ministered to, I always analyze and, and, and I'm just a mess. No one does anything wrong to me. It's just, it's just me. It's just what, what's, what's been there, prevalent, so prevalent. I'm talking about this more than what I wanted to. But um, let, let's look at some scriptures about this. So God bless you. you. You're mourning, grieving someone that you've lost, all that. Like, let the, that process is very valid. Like, it's good. And yet, like, I was relating this with Phyllis. She goes, yeah, but I can't stay there. I'm like, yeah, that's true. When you find a people that lives in that, then it's not good, is it? It's not healthy for them. So I'm in Isaiah, and um, there's this, um, oh, no, that's the, it's, it's Genesis 19, 26, and this is now the Passion Translation. But God's, uh, but um, it would be Lot's, I wrote God's life, but Lot's wife turned and gazed lovingly on the city and turned into a pillar of salt. So we know when, when Lot was leaving uh, Sodom and Gomorrah and the angels came and, to rescue them, and they're like, oh, please just let us go to that nearby village because we won't have time to escape this if you're going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And they're like, granted, we won't do a thing until you get there, but you need to go. So they go, they get on that journey, and Lot's wife turns and look, and they told them specifically, do not look back. Do not look. Now, I don't know, but I've never heard this, the Passion Translation words it that way. Look, something happened. It was something to it. Looked with, with longing on the city and turned into a pillar of salt. Like there was, a, there was this feel like, oh, I'm going to miss Sodom and Gomorrah. It was a pit. Like it was a horrible place. There was something, something there. Don't look back. Let's look at some other neat scriptures. Philippians chapter 3, verses um, 12 through 14.
Philippians 3, chapters 12, verses 12 uh, through 14. I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing, but I run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. Now, the other thing that's popping up is this concept. I have this overwhelming awareness that life is forward. I've I've not had that, but life is forward. It's not backward, and it's not even standing still. Everything for you is forward. Everything in the Lord is forward. It's kind of important. Abraham walked with the Lord. Noah walked with the Lord. Like that, there's this sense of momentum. Keep moving forward. Don't look back and don't even stop and become stagnant. That's almost as bad. Move forward. You can't guide a ship that's not moving. Yeah? You can't steer a car that's not moving. The steering wheel and all the turning mechanism is is rendered useless. It can be in perfect condition. Take it down to the dealership and say, hey, something's wrong with my steering. They're like, well, they take it for a test drive, and they say it's working perfectly. Well, sitting in my parking lot, it won't work. (laughs) No, it doesn't. It doesn't work like that. I'm sitting in my driveway, I'm turning, and the car doesn't turn. No, why? Because it has to have movement. It's a silly, silly illustration. However, in our Christian walk, are we not guilty of that? I'm not going anywhere. (laughs) Honey, you're not moving. And if you allow this negative stuff to grip your mind, it'll start manifesting things in your body, and you just be shut down and stopped. And many things don't matter. I'm telling you, the provision of the Lord will manifest as you move forward. All I can see out there is that there's light. I can't tell what's in the room, but I believe that my provision is out there. It's there. It's move forward. Take it, trust what the Lord has said, and move and watch and see what manifests. Because the work is finished back there. That is a fact. Everything the Lord's done for you, it's it's provided back there. Now is the declaring. Now is the movement. Now is the opportunity to step into it. Verse 13, I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, this is Paul writing, I do have one compelling focus. I forget all the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. What is that? Forward. How did Paul live his life? He lived it moving forward. Now listen, this guy had some stuff to forget. He's traveling constantly. He's out on the road. Do you think he didn't run into some of the families whom he had their loved ones put to death? Now, talk about a sense of failure. I don't even know how you cope with that. I have little things that I have in comparison. I've had little mistakes I've made, and I feel plenty of condemnation about it. Not being enough of this and not being enough of that and not having, you know, all the things. 
Here's a man that runs into, he runs into a teenager that's had to grow up fatherless, and he's the one that, this is serious stuff. This is honestly, talk about the grace of God. It's very hard to overcome if you, you feel guilty for taking someone's life, if you've made a mistake that's that, you know, and then on purpose, out of this religious zeal, you were killing Christians, and now you get to see the fruit of all that you did. You've got to be able to forget the path, to let it go, put it in Jesus' hands. I mean, if, there, if there's something to reconcile with a person, then do it. But it needs to be redemptive. And it needs to be, it needs to be redemptive. Not something that entraps and ensnares you deeper. Oh, what joy. Wouldn't you like just the, if there's any of the rest of you in here, wouldn't you just like to have that shed off? It's a terrible burden. It's a terrible weight. And the Lord wants to come alongside and, and assure you, I was with you. You may, you may feel like you failed, but I, I led you, I guide you, I saved you, I redeemed you. I put you on a good path, put you in a good, I'm in a good place. I'm living a great life. I've come to a great place in my life. I'm surrounded by really awesome things and people. I, I, I don't lack for anything like this. Why? It's God's grace. He brought me to this place. I'm living a life without regrets in my present life. The problem is I peek back once in a while. I'm like, oh, oh, wow. But to be able to take this revelation and and get released from it, wow, it's power. I mean, it's immediately powerful. The heaviness immediately lifted off of me. I forget all. And in verse 14, I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. So Paul, forward, forward. Are you hearing that? Live forward. I don't care who, what, where. Move forward. Start moving. Engage in forward motion in your life with what the Spirit's leading you to do. You'll find the provision just on the other side of the door. The eternal promises, they're all good and solid. That's great. I don't want to take that away from anybody. But in this life, we need also the provision, the promise, the fulfillment, we need to run into that table that's been prepared for us in the wilderness, in the presence of our enemies. Do you know what a wilderness is? It, it, it's a place where everything's out of order. That, now that, if you know you're going to a place that's out of order, it gives you anxiety, even if the place is just this weekend. If it's just in a few days, if it's next month, have you, the dread starts, like, I've got to go here. I've got, wait, holidays are coming up. I can give you some dread. Yeah. You got to see the relatives. Even the ones you don't like, like, you know. And, and, to, and, and these are just the normal things. 
And to be able to be at peace and say, Lord, prepare a place for me in, in the presence of this awkward place I'm going to. So, some of them can be very difficult places. And, and to believe, this is, this is today, this is right now. This is what I want to see you all believe for. That the Lord will be there and meet you there. That you won't be left alone. That you will have grace. That you'll have covering. That he'll prepare a place for you there. Like he will go before, you'll have this sense like, Lord, you came ahead of me and you made this good. That's what I want you to experience. That, that's what is for us. That's, that's about choosing, having faith about your life. Having faith for the days ahead. Having the faith, faith for tomorrow at work, the thing that bugs you. I'm telling you, make a declaration about it. Get in a good place with Jesus and go to that place of whatever, whatever the conflict is. Some of you have some really valid ones you have to show up for. Let's change this now. It, it can change. There, there are promises. There are, you'll be amazed we can tap into this. There's nothing that, that can't be. Let me... Uh, I don't want to belabor this. Let me get to one more passage, Isaiah 43. It just keeps, it just keeps rolling like... I've loved this passage forever. Isaiah 43, verses 18. This is out of the Passion, and yeah, I have it highlighted. 18 and 19. Here we go. And here's... Here's the prophet saying this to Israel. Stop dwelling on the past. Who put those words in there? Stop dwelling on the past. Don't even remember these former things. Oh, my God. Wow. You know, it's like that silly movie. Some of you may be guilty of watching it. Yeah, Men in Black. When they have the flashy thing, that little gadget. They want someone to forget what they saw. They go, you know, they go, Boom, and they're like, their memory, their short-term memory is erased. They say it in the movie. We don't want to do this too many times to the same person. They, you know, you know. Do you ever just wish once in a while someone would do the flashy thing on you? Could I just forget about that? <laughs> You've wanted it. Yep, I know. Can you buy one of those at Walmart? Or you want to use it on someone you're living with? Man, if you could just forget this. Click. The Lord promised, hear his tender words. I am doing something brand new, something unheard of. Even now, it sprouts and grows and matures don't you perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and open up flowing streams in the desert for you. For It's right outside those doors. It's just beyond. It's just beyond this room. When you leave today, I want to encourage you with all my heart. Believe that the provision, that table of provision, that new thing is just outside the door. That it's right out there. That it's just beyond. And you'll get there if you just get out of your chair and walk. 
and choose right now today to live in blessing and not in this curse. Do not look back. Do not look back. Tell, you know, just talk to yourself about that. For me, a terrible snare. And once I get in a good, then it doesn't matter where I go. I can go back. I can go for, I mean, we've got to get free from this. This is ridiculous that these things still are, are causing us to be fearful of things and people and stuff. There's a promise here. There's some, there's some direction. There's some encouragement. Do not look back, not, not in, in this way where you're evaluating where you're looking back at something the Lord's delivering you from, don't look back. Look forward. Everything in the Lord, all of his promises, the manifestation of his promises, though they've been accomplished back here, are waiting for you up ahead. That's a good word. That's the best word I can give you today. Ed, you were gonna you asked me if you could share something. Did you want to still read here? There is such an anointing on that little booklet. And I, it just, it's simple. It's not, you know, it's like, it is so powerful. Mary has one. And I encourage you, if you're even remotely available on Monday nights, she's starting this class about thankfulness and, and uh, gratitude. And uh, I'm just looking forward to it. Like, it's going to be, it's going to be a good. It's so timely. This is what we want to preoccupy ourselves with. Your mind when it's in neutral, coasting, be careful. Like, get it busy. Get it active. And there's, here's, you start spending your time instead of self-conscious, looking at your navel, like, it's not worth it. Be grateful. Give thanks. Quote the word. Begin to fill all that empty space with declarations. It will change your life. It will change your health. I mean, I'm hearing this all around. This directly affects your health. It directly affects your well-being. It directly affects your relationship. Hey, I'm, I'm in. I want all that stuff upgraded, man. I, why, why wouldn't you? This is the best deal anyone's offered you. Walk in the Spirit. Don't walk in fear. Don't walk in this other stuff. Everything around you in your normal life is going to pull at you. you. All you have to do is walk out the door. That's out there too, pulling at you. Only you're going to say no to that. Like, ah, oh, no, 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 no. I'm moving forward in Jesus. I have a promise. It's not being about being smart. It's not being about, about having great talents. It's just about knowing Jesus and entering into all that he has. Father, we just ask your blessing today. We just thank you, Father. We're going choosing life today. Choosing life, choosing life, choosing blessing, choosing life, choosing blessing. To bless people and not curse them. To choose to give life, to live in life, to be in life, to have life. These are your promises. To believe in you with all of our hearts. To engage at even a different level than we have that we're fully yours, fully walk in the Spirit, because the life that you promise us is so full of adventure and provision and blessing. 
I want that life. I want to be free from the doubts that plague me, from the sense of failure that plagues me. Absolutely free. It's on the cross. It's in my past. I look forward to your provision and the manifestation, not just an empty promise, but the manifestation of all your goodness and all your good things. I ask that in Jesus' name. If anyone wants prayer today, I'd love to pray for you about anything. So, meanwhile, be blessed. I know. I'm, you know my daughter's so happy with me. I got, I got done before my timer ran out. So, Just in time to rescue the Sunday school class from my grandson. Yeah, so it's good. Amen. God bless all of you. Love you. There's a little bit of a pattern this morning of looking back. And it's okay because when we look back, we see evidence that God was with us. I believe in answered prayer because of answered prayer. I believe in the second diamond because he led you to the first one. In Isaiah 43, in the first verse, he says, you are mine. And he says, I call you by name. So you're more than just a created being. He has a name for you. You were specifically designed and he calls you by name. And I was uh, talking with Ed a couple days ago And he reminded me of the rocks that we received at the Feast of Trumpets and how he returns to that name. And these names that God gives us, they refer to him. They show how there's no space between us. He's been referring back to the scripture that was on his rock and he keeps getting more and more from it. He wanted to encourage me actually to encourage all of you to do the same thing. And personally, I've forgotten to do this. I had this amazing experience and an encounter with the Lord, and a few weeks later, I'm on to something else, and he wasn't done speaking. He wasn't finished, so I have to look back. And so I want to encourage you all then to do the same thing. Get out your rocks, get out your journals. We, have, we get a word from him and we write it down and then we flip over to the next page and we wait and we say, God, why are you silent? And I feel that he's saying, I just gave you a gift and you played with it once and threw it in your toy box. So I just want us to look back a little bit, get those things out again. Part of my November to remember is to go back. And so I want to pull out the promises, the words that have already been spoken over me. 
And I want you to do the same things. Get out your journals. What has he said about you? What name has he called you? Does he not call you that anymore? Some of the names we had that night. Emmanuel. This wasn't from that night, but lifetime, Rick. Father is peace, Absalom. You are a friend of God, Ravel. You belong to me, Liat. You are a servant of God, Obadiah. God is joy, Simcha. I believe, uh, Krista, you had that name. I want to give that name to you today, Phyllis. Simcha, God is joy. You belong to me. You are his flower. He hears your prayers, warrior. He sees you. Miracle, Nissim, for Kenny. He heals Raphael. Remember today the words that he has already spoken to you. Remember what he calls you. Remember your name. Remember he died for you. He has shown you how he loves you. Remember who he is this morning. Remember these things and give thanks. Amen. And let's commune.